If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Ayana. And I'm Delilah. We are the non-corporate girls. We're the 9 to 5 and 5 to 9 me. Our podcast is a digital diary where we share our journey of being corporate professionals and entrepreneurs for the doers, creators, and believers. So are you non-corporate? Tune into the next episode. Hey, we're back for another episode. Yes, and we're super excited because as always, you know, we have the conversation before the conversation. Now we just get to share it with y'all. Exactly. And speaking of conversation, today's episode is episode 94, and it is titled, It's Not a Conversation, It's a Consultation. Ow. I can't, can I just say, when you said that, it was like the waters opened, the waters, the water parted ways. And it was just like, yes, yes. (laughs) This is, yeah, it was just so perfect, so timely. Um, been there, done that, and we're not doing it anymore. That part, that part. But before we get into the tea, let's talk about a positive note. What was your positive? What's your positive note for the week? Yeah, so I had a few. So I hosted um some girlfriends, and on my mom we had dinner. So like these are friends that I've had for like sixteen years. So like your childhood friends. Um, no, not really. They, like teenagers, we were like teenagers. So two of them is like, I'm cool with my ex's sisters and his family. Like, we're still cool. But then also my friend that actually introduced me to my ex, like, that was my childhood friend since 12 years old. Like, when I moved to the Bronx, she's like the first person I met, which that goes into the other part of my positive note that um, we'll be celebrating her birthday this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. She's going to come over and I'm going to help her with some, like, putting together some, like, decor and goodie bags. So... It's just um, to yeah to celebrate and try like you know it's gonna be at her house so we can't do nothing crazy but she's doing like a paint and sip and it's gonna be cute. Yay, that's exciting! And wait, so mom was at the dinner too? Yeah, she came because my mom is good friends with with them as well. Like she's seen them grow up and she's cool with their mom. Their mom came by too. So it was like the two daughters, the mom, and then my other good friend who will be celebrating their birthday, and then me and my mom. That's cute. Okay, that's cute. So you got that community feeling for the weekend. I like yeah, that. Just having people over. You know, I love hosting. I'm the hostess with the mostest. And I'm using my cute glassware and dinner and like, you know, all that stuff. So I'd be loving it. And I, didn't, I haven't barely gotten to do that 
festival this year, like twice, three times. You one of the visits. I know. I know. Last good. So you starting the year right, getting back into that flow as best as you can and safe, mm-hmm. obviously. Of course, of course. So what about yours? My positive note is I'm about to be on PTO for a few days and I'm, I know, I'm so, so I know <laughs> I'm so excited. I just feel like life has been so crazy. There's so much going on, like personally, with family, everything. And I'm just I feel like I'm being pulled in so many directions and I can't wait for a break to literally be off the grid, like no work. Cause you know, I'm good for working. Yes, no, no, no work. None of that. We have it handled, like turn off your phone, but shout out to you. Cause I'm sure that everything that you've been doing with your mom has taken a toll, but I'm sure she appreciates you a thousand percent. So thank you. Ahi, yeah. You got to pick up the slack. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be like Delilah says. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send her the clip to this part. <laughs> I'm so done. So, so many good things to get into today. But when speaking of a hustler spirit, we got to give a few people their flowers. That's been going around a lot, giving Black women, Latinx women their flowers. But we just got to shout out our lead of digital strategy, Carla, for just continuing to level up per her norm, right? Uh, We just, we always tell her every single time, like, it's nothing less than what we expected and always like envision for her because we've seen what she, that she has what it takes. And she's just been, you know, like she's really self-taught. She really does the work to kind of um, master her craft and she's always open to feedback and you can kind of see like the growth in, in everything that she's done. Yes, it's that part, the growth part, like to literally see it like step by step. It's been really mm-hmm. a crazy trajectory. And um, we want to shout out Carla specifically because she just she was part of a partnership with Instagram and the CCNYC. So shout out to the CCNYC. And they did this program with Instagram called Recreate. And it's a co- collaboration between 15 black creative professionals and 15 black small business black owned small businesses that take the take the user through a journey basically like the creatives come up with a campaign for these small businesses and then they launch it and this is really helping them have these assets in their toolbox to continue to promote their business expand on their business and their reach and she was one of the creatives that was picked to work with the brand and it went live in February. They did. And she was working with a candle company. And I had reached out because I definitely want to support that company. Of course, the whole point is to support all these small businesses and to show because everyone was on this like level up and growth, like, right? Like these small businesses, their expertise were in whatever their business was. But when it came to that like missing factor, like the marketing and, you know, those things, they were doing the best they could. But these creators that they were able to partner with really helped show them a different avenue of how to like elevate their, you know, their presence online. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing with small businesses. And we can attest to that. Just not having the resources and the know-how, right? Like you, you're like, I know I need marketing or social media, but you don't even know how to tap into what that looks like to help you. So to have someone who has that lens, because Carla is social media strategist, to have that lens come in and just some of the other people too, that were part of the program, be able to like strategically see what you're, what you're lacking, what the hole is and fill that in for you is pretty amazing. Yep. And you know, one of our four C's is collaboration. And so we were so here for that. 
I just love our four C's. And I love I love when I hear them just rolling off. <laughs> you know what? Because that's why they were created. Like, it was so intentional, so necessary. And as we bring them up in these conversations, we see where, you know, the gaps need to get filled in. And that's where we come in. Yes. So shout out to Carla. Follow her on Instagram. I mean, we throw out her Instagram all the time, but it's at C Renee Monet. Follow her. You can definitely see um, the landing page for the We Create campaign. It's all over social media and it's pretty dope. So yeah, yay, that's Carla. Episode. Yes, we do. And then there's that. Um, next up, though, speaking of flowers. Uh, so I feel like on the podcast, we've talked about Whitney before, the CEO of Bumble. I feel like in a way, like past, past season. But mm-hmm. how cool is it that the CEO of Bumble just became the first, like the youngest self-made female billionaire at 31? At yeah. 31. She better get it. Right? And this is after taking her at public. Like, I'm just, like, blown. Because, again, we've heard of Bumble has been around for a while Right, we went to get partnerships. Like, we specifically was introduced to it because of Cheyenne. She did, like, this partnership with them. And they really have taken it, like, the way they've used influencer marketing. They are a great case study. They are a great case study. Yep. And Bumble also, because... Before I knew it to be like what it was, um, of course, it was a network to connect, but I loved how they had different avenues. Like it was Bumble for business, then Bumble personal. So like it really kind of segmented who the user was and how you would interact with Bumble. Yeah, I feel, and I again, I feel like when we talked about this way back, I don't even know what season, I feel like we talked about like some of the challenges that she has shared with how they had to pivot and like really mm-hmm. understanding what their users wanted. And the fact that she's been able to do that and get to here, it's like goals. And their branding is so top notch. Like you can notice Bumble anywhere. Yes. And they're all about that woman empowerment, which is really dope. Like there, she's just trying to, I think it's just cool for her to be so young and really try to set a precedence for what the legacy of this company is supposed to be. Oh, absolutely. Like she's definitely like a millennial. Yes. 31. I'm blown. But on that note, we definitely have to take a short break and we will be right back. This episode is sponsored by Non-Corporate Girls Podcast, where the 9 to 5 and 5 to 9 meet. This platform is a digital diary where Ayana and Delilah share their journey of being corporate professionals and entrepreneurs for the doers, creators, and believers. So, are you non-corporate or not? Check out this clip from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Oh my God, can you believe it? This could be your ad. Interested in promoting your brand or business to our audience? Reach out to us at noncorporategirls at gmail.com to learn how we can include you in the next episode. And thank you for staying tuned in with the Non-Corporate Girls. We are back and we're getting into the topic of the day. Well, not of the day, but, you know, one of the ones on our list that we feel needs to be addressed. So microaggressions, we've experienced them, we've heard of them, we've lived them. And somehow, some way, the lessons are not learned. They're never learned. I'm so confused. Wait, okay, so 
I want to know your opinion, but let's let's just set this up for everyone. So for everyone who doesn't know um, or hasn't seen on social media, this um, lovey Ajay Jones, who's a best-selling author, speaker, podcast host, she does she does a lot of commentary for like HBO, things like that. She like she was like my map for like insecure recaps. Like she's the girl with the T. So lovey, she um she just became a best-selling author, and you know she has her team. She's blown up. She's doing her thing, and she had someone reach out to her who wanted to book um an engagement with her, and they were shocked that when they reached out to her, she had to add in her team, her PR team, et cetera, to help facilitate this. And they were shocked because I guess it's like, oh, like, I didn't know you had a team. But then it's kind of like, well, why didn't you think I had a team? Like, who am I? And it opened up this whole Pandora's box. <laughs> and it just, it like, I don't even have any words in the sense of what does that matter? Like, did you feel that, you didn't have access the way you want them, direct communication the way you want them. So you were so impatient and privileged that you felt the need to be able to like just access someone on your time and not get scheduled like every other reporter. And the key word is you reached out to her. She and, didn't that's reach out the key word. and that's what she said too. Like, but my whole thing is like, I guess my confusion was, in my mind, and but not even in my mind, in reality, she's a personality, right? Like, I would expect anyone of her caliber to have an agent, to have a PRF. Like, these are, like, you're looking at them as, like, actors and dancers, people who have representation. It's not... It's not uncommon for someone to loop in their team or a manager or whatever to handle things, right? Right. Like, I, I'm just trying to understand what her thought process was. Like, what was she so offended by? And for her, we're talking about the white woman. Yes. What was the white woman so offended by Lovey? Like, are you offended by her greatness? Girl. And and so in Lovey's pose, she put um the key line that stood out to me stood out to me was normalize, let's normalize expecting systems from black people. And I thought that was so like that hit the core because as non-corporate girls, we talk all the time about how people reach out to us and what that formality formality looks like. And sometimes people come to us just real like indirect. And it's just kind of like, I'm cool. I understand that like you want access and we want to help you, but we're also a business and a brand and we have to operate accordingly. Like you can't think that you're just going to reach out to me via DM or a quick email and, and things are just supposed to like, we're supposed to lock something in. Quick example, and the person doesn't even follow me on social anymore because I guess she felt a certain way. But she reached out wanting me to um, sponsor something or be a part of something. But if I would have screenshot and used her as an example for what you don't don't do, she really would have been pissed. No, but what I did was I offered constructive criticism. I wrote back to was like, I don't have enough details on what it is. Like, how do you see us to align? Because my thing is just because we know each other and, you know, I have this brand or X, Y, and Z, it doesn't always mean it, it makes sense. It was what she wanted us to be involved with was something that was related to, like, domestic violence. I'm like, so many other people could speak to that. Right. Like, what, what is it that you want me to chime in about? Like, I understood if I had a personal story to tell, which that was not the angle it was coming from, nor did I ever experience that, thankfully. But 
it was just so like it was like if you write a note on a piece of paper and just pass it over like hey let's let's catch up on this so I just feel like if you're reaching out to me like that and I'm sure there's people that responded and followed through mm-hmm. but that's doing such a disservice because you're gonna miss on some great opportunities from not coming at someone the right way a hundred percent and this is why we have an episode I want to say season five season four season three on best business on bad business practices because people just like people there's something about people just feeling like they get to do that you know what I mean like you've worked so hard to build up your brand your representation and what this looks like and the fact that you think you just get access like that is a problem we approach people with so much the utmost respect like I wouldn't I wouldn't be caught dead sending that type of email or like um you know, not an email with very little detail. Like when a, me and Ayana ask somebody for anything or like wanting to partner, we go above and beyond and like we leave them really with no question except do you want to do it or do or can you not do it? Because other than that, everything is there for you to like comment on. It's just, it's just right. mine. And that's why I'm like, I'm appreciative. Like, I'm glad that we operate that way. And we've learned that everyone doesn't, which is really unfortunate. And we try our best during those times to offer any constructive criticism, depending on what it is, or, you know, to not put ourselves in those situations and just kind of decline whatever offers come our way. So I'm happy that Lovey inserted her team. The lady was like, no, I don't want to move forward with this. That's cool. Like, I don't, I don't need your partner. You're not getting the interview then. <laughs> but people are just people are really crazy and that just really like that made me upset that like people think that they get to do that to you you know like why why wouldn't you just like it just it's just so confusing but I'm glad that she stood her ground right and because she's a white woman it just doesn't make it so like shocking the shock factor goes away when you find out those details I know. Unfortunately, unfortunately, right? Well, switching gears, I know. Switching gears, movies. There's a ton of movies. Obviously, there's a ton of movies in Black History Month in general because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is the month that everyone feels they want to tokenize. But there's a lot of great content. I'm just saying, I mean, there's a lot of Black History Month programming being pushed, and I'm just like, okay. But there are some great. Whatever. Yes, but there are some great movies, and one movie that's on our radar is um, what is it? Oh, Judas, Judas and, and the Black, Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been speaking about it. We're probably the last of the Mohicans to watch it when it released because on Netflix, a, a new movie is getting released like every week. Yeah, it's they like be pushing out content. No, the content is there, and the content is giving what it's supposed to give because yes. I've been hooked on a lot of things that come recommended. Another one is called American Skin. It's not on Netflix. It's on like Amazon Prime and a couple of other um, places. I believe you have to pay for it um, because I have Amazon Prime and it wasn't available to me. Like you had to rent it or whatever. Right. And wait, just going back, Judas and the Black Messiah is not on Netflix either. It's on HBO Max, right? Oh, yes. Correct. Okay. Because I'm like... I'm just saying like things that are coming yeah, out. Mm-hmm. You know, that was like Netflix included. But yeah, Judas is on HBO Max, but I definitely, I'm going to watch in the next couple of days for sure. 
Same here. And can I just say though, like the streaming platforms are real. Like every, I feel like every movie that drops HBO Max is streaming. <laughs> yes, HBO Max has been coming out with so many specials and so many collaborations, yeah. and just a lot of things. Speaking of which, our show um, Queen Sugar comes back. Um, what's today? The 16th. Oh my God, tonight. So oh, yeah. by, the time, by the time we finish, I know Ayana doesn't watch live um, TV. I usually don't either, but I think for today's episode, I'm going to watch it live. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me to like record it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, Ayana's more uh, a TV movie buff more than I am. But we're going to be talking about Queen Sugar tomorrow. So yes, sorry. I'm excited. Um, speaking of talking, um, Cardi B's latest single up is my new jam <laughs> up and it's stuck <laughs> i love it did you see the video i love it i love it i seen it when it dropped at 12 a.m on that very day like i was up like I'm a little sure, gremlin I'm sure you did. like a little gremlin i just love the choreography i'm here for the choreography yo that was a that was a i mean that must have been a really high production video because i just think in in Think like yes, that. she spoke about it. I, I watched her on the late night show, mm-hmm. and it was so crazy. First of all, I freaking love um, Jimmy Fallon. He's Me too. Oh my god, I saw that clip too. Did you? So yeah. she was speaking about it, and you know Jimmy's gonna ask the question. So he he was like, you know, tell me about this whole kissing scene <laughs> or whatever. And she was like, she completely glossed over it. She finessed how not to answer but she kept it within like um covid guidelines yeah i know she kept talking about and I think she was like it was only six people and in the pearl it could have only been three people for 10 minutes and we was all on each other and i was like cardi i cannot deal with you but, i know me and, me and Sully was like interesting that they're able to have this many people up but then they're stay they're still with a kiss and still locked tongues okay right and that's what kim was trying to like um like, I'm mean, no, not Kim. Fallon, yeah. yeah. Was trying to address and she like glossed over it, or whatever. But you know, she's getting better, I guess, with interviewing or whatever. She's still ratchet. She is, but I agree. I think she is getting better as well. But how crazy was the um the meaning behind it's stuck or, or it's um if it's up, then it's stuck? I was like, I was, <laughs> I was like, no, it can't be. Like, really, Cardi? Like, I'm like, I, 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 like, I, like Jimmy's I like Jimmy's meaning. Like it's is up and it's gonna stay stuck because we only going up from here. We're not coming back down. But the other things Cardi's was addressing, first of all, no. Like I only just sprinkles and glitter. Anyways, <laughs> I don't know about y'all. I was like, no comment. I was like, Cardi. <laughs> that's some that was hilarious. That was so funny. Um, but if y'all haven't checked it out, y'all need to check out that. Um, check out that um, segment with um, Cardi and Jimmy Fallon because that was really funny. But I just like love the song. It's so good. I think it's so catchy. And I'm like, Cardi has another hit. Don't know when she's I coming out like with it, an album. I think so. She did kind of like allude to it, but I'm not too sure. Um, my only feedback with the song is that it ends too quick. I want it to be and longer. And I hate the ending. I hate it's it. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. It's abrupt. I feel like they just cut it off. They they didn't have any more time. Like, I don't know. It just ended quick. I'd be listening to it like five times. And then I'm good. (laughs) I know. I watched the video like three times just because I felt like I needed to really see it. And I'll say it here first. I think Cardi's pregnant. I really do think Cardi's pregnant. 
in the in the part of the video when she's dancing that she has the outfit that like the boobs look like cone. Yeah. In that scene, she looks swollen to me. All right. So, so this uh, is your prediction. This is my prediction. I think Cardi's pregnant, and she did really, really well hiding her first pregnancy. So, and we all know like people that are like slim, slender, they don't really show. Yeah. Right away, but I don't know. A part of me feels like she's pregnant, so I don't know. This is just me talking shit. I mean, but you could be right. You know, we be we be in it with these celebrities. And I'm a party fan, so like we be observing. Mm-hmm. This is a good time to have a baby. It's a pandemic. Like, look. I mean, says ever says everyone because everyone's having a baby. Everybody's getting married. Everybody's buying a house. That yo, it's crazy. <laughs> So, uh, uh, how should I say this? In the latest news, like actual news, because Delilah loves watching the news. I watch the news entirely way too much. First of all, to me, it's comedy. Me and my sister send each other videos um, reporting the weather. It's like we, and like I think one of my dreams is to be a reporter, a news reporter. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm like in another chronicles of shit sisters do. Yes. <laughs> yes. I will be, I think I'll be like a weather reporter or just like a, a segment on like pop culture news. I don't know. But I'm like, don't be weather because meteorologists are liars, in my opinion. Everybody says that. My grandmother was going off on them as well today. I'm like, they probably just getting the news from the same satellite and it's probably not their fault. Like the satellite I is mean, off. They are. But they're still liars. <laughs> Everybody was saying it's summer today. I'm like, oh my goodness. People are like the weather is so nice. I'm never listening to the weatherman. Like we be putting way too much into these weather people. And I need yeah to not. Level set your expectations. Level set yeah, your expectations. Like, just you know, wear uh, layers and peel them off as it gets warmer or whatever. Just be prepared for all the fun. <laughs> But in speaking of the news, um, the news reported that there are two museum situations happening. The first one is Universal Hip Hop Museum is finally set to open in the Bronx. I personally didn't even know that there was a hip hop museum about to be open, but I'm happy that it is about to be open in 2023. Yeah, it sounds exciting. They're like in the process right now of like um, styling it, what's going to be included and all of that stuff. Yeah, the news talked about the the curator was on, um, and he was just talking about like just all the culture is going to have in the museum, the different types of people, you know, from like Queen Latifah to like Migos. I mean, you know, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, like the whole the whole gamut spectrum. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really cool, and it's crazy that we don't have one. Yeah, but when you think about it, hip hop is pretty pretty young. I mean, we could have one and build on it, but I think because if I'm not mistaken, hip hop possibly just turn 50 years old i was gonna say something like that so yeah something for its 50th birthday could have happened but maybe covid pushed it back or whatever the case but i guess now seems like a good time because it would have probably been too premature but i don't know how these things work do we know how any things works in these, these states and countries? Yeah, like the space, you know, spacing, making sure that they probably want it in a particular space for what they were what they're trying to do. I remember um, when I was in grad school, which is funny, I had to work on a whole um, a art. I had to curate a, a art, not gallery, what do you call it? Like kind of like what they're doing. I had to curate something and I chose um, Museo del Barrio. 
because I had to learn grant writing. And so I had to like create a proposal and all of this. So I learned a lot from that experience, um, you know, because my my major was media. So it was like all facets and how media intersects. So it was kind of cool. Like I pitched it to them and I created this whole proposal, but they were going through some crazy transition. Um, I didn't get to do it. I didn't get to, didn't get to play out. I almost was gonna. Um, I don't know if necessarily fail the class, but the professor was giving me some challenge, and I'm like, it's not my fault that I can't bring this to life. Like they wanted me to really partner with the museum to do it, um, but the museum, like it was already too, by the time they let me know they couldn't do it, it was too late for me to find somebody else. And I did all this work. I was gonna say, do you think this is something you would like brush off and like bring to fruition later on? Um, I don't know. I still have it. It's funny that you asked because um, not too long ago, I mean, not recent, but not too long ago, I was looking through all my like my classes and the things that they had me do. Um, so, I mean, it's still relevant. That's for sure. So maybe maybe I'll take a gander at it. Let's see. Let us let us know. Can I be a curator? Add that to the repertoire. I, I, I. Uh, so, and speaking of other museums, you brought to my attention that there's a 1950s makeup exhibit. Yes, you know, this is my be my obsession, and um, I seen when the curator kind of gave a tour to the reporter, and it's just so crazy. Like during that time, there was a very particular look, the way makeup was done. Um, I'm sure if you've seen shows based in the 1960s, the makeup was very like like that retro and the liner. Yes. And like pops of color. But then um, there was a very, very small section of people of color. And like the only thing that we had to look to based on what they have in the museum um, were ebony magazines and the jet. Remember the jet magazines yeah. that they were like little? Yeah, they had like a small curated area. And it just goes to show you because, you know, the history of makeup includes like theater and just yeah. some Film, all of it. Exactly. But it just also puts a lens on how much we were represented. Do you remember when this, it feels like ancient times pre-COVID, but do you remember when we went to that Becca Cosmetics class show way back when, and they went through like the black and white images of like where makeup started and then kind of where it went. Do you remember that? I definitely do remember. I definitely do. That was so interesting to me. It was. And there was another one. I don't know if I went by myself or you came with me. It's called Bellissima. They are like one of their products is a powder. It's for yes. French vanilla. It's red. It comes in a tin. And they have been around for like they in makeup, costume makeup. Yes, I went with you. You did go, right? And yeah. that was another fascinating fascinating lesson. It was um a PR, um, you know, they wanted to introduce us to the brand, but part of like their PR experience was to kind of just journey us through how their um, makeup line has evolved. Because now it's more for like the everyday person as well. Right. So interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, we maybe. need to check out that makeup museum. Yes, I definitely want to check it out. Maybe we could we could go together. I was just going to say that too, like offline. Let's plan an NCG field trip. Let's do it. <laughs> um, all right. So hashtag obsessed with this week. 
crazy we never featured her before. Rihanna thought we did, and I was like, but that that just goes to show we we picked so many amazing black women that we still haven't even covered them all. Yes. So our girl Serena Williams is our hashtag obsessed with this week. And why is she, uh, why are we obsessed with her? Because one, she's great. She's Serena. But two, I think the common thread of the conversation when we thought about her was I happened to see her HBO special. I think I saw it last year. And mm-hmm. then I think Delilah just saw it, right? You said you just saw no, it? No, I, I seen that. It's one of the things I want to watch. I just seen it at, on The Guide. I didn't know it even existed. But I have um, seen some of Serena's YouTube videos um, they're called Galgaritas. So it's like a play on word of margaritas, but it's like with your gals or whatever. And they speak on different topics like relationships. Um, each YouTube video is a different topic, whatever. And like, I feel like I seen another side of Serena that I never paid attention to. Cause yes, I, I really only do associate her with, um, tennis. I don't really even associate her as a mom, even though I know she is. But like I haven't heard her POV in parenting or in other topics. So I feel like when I seen her speaking, like literally just girl talk, it just seemed cool. Of, like you got to see how she is as a person. I was like, oh, she seems real down to earth. Not that I thought she was anything else, but I had like no perception of her or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, I mean, that's she's a celebrity. She's a star. It's like she's Serena or whatever. So Exactly. I need to catch, I haven't been able to catch one of the the YouTube videos yet, but when you were talking about it, I was like, that made sense to me because from her HBO special, I felt like I saw a whole new side to her. I also thought it was well done. I mean, I secretly stand, I mean, I don't secretly, I publicly stand HBO and Netflix and CW, but that's neither here nor there, but I thought it was well done. But what I really liked about it was they came from the angle of her being a performer like her performance and how she kind of builds up that endurance and imposter syndrome, like really just get past herself to kind of like perform. And it just, it was just one of those things where it's like the world sees her as this iconic tennis player. Right. But it's just like the things that she has to go through mentally to prepare and get there. It's like, she's such a human. Like she, they really humanized her. Like you were saying, and it just made me relate to her so much more. And this is one of those things, like how you think about Beyonce. It's like, shit, if Serena can push through, we can push through. She's like up there with like the Kobe, like, you know, the Mamba mentality, like mentality or whatever. And for her to be a woman and a black woman, I mean, it's just like, she's just so, she's goals all around. And also I do like, sidebar, love her relationship. <laughs> They're cute. They're super cute. And I just, I like their values. And I just think that um, I'm really happy that she's doing this YouTube because I feel like even before the HBO special, we didn't really get to see that side of her. And that was part of the problem. Like, I just feel like she's been private. I've never seen her. Like, the only drama I think is, you know, some of the racist remarks that she had to deal with or like, not racist, but like microaggressions by... um, some of the what do you call those people? Um, the reporters? Not the reporters. Um, oh my god, the people in black and white. Why can't I? Oh, come the um, I know the I don't know the referees. The referees. Remember, when <laughs> I'm she like, was, what's the name? Yes. <laughs> the referees, like when they were like bad mouthing her or something, right? And you know, putting her through certain situations that they wouldn't put those like men through type of a thing. So that's like the most like drama for lack of a better word that I have heard her associated with, but nothing ever like messy. 
Oh, and the other juicy thing was when she was dating Drake. That was kind of juicy. Right. But then yeah, that was when the she lived. seconds. First yeah. of all, I thought like she was way too much for Drake. I was really shocked. You know, Drake, I mean, I'm I should have been related to her at that point. That's when I should have been related. say that again? I should have been relating to her right at that point with the Drake news. She was too damn woman for Drake. Like, I'm like, I mean, I feel like a lot of people are too women for Drake, I feel. Yeah, Drake to me, I'm I'm a I'm a Drake fan, but Drake to me just seems so jovial. I am too, but it's just, and it's just also the type of woman like Serena, Rihanna, like, uh, this is not gonna work. No. But um, yeah, she's dope. And shout out to Serena and Naomi Osaka because they are playing against each other in the Australian Open, I believe yes. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's dope. Serena been winning these games like, like water. She's just, I, she's just so cool. I really want you to watch the HBO specials. I definitely am. Okay. All right, so now we get into Let's Talk About It. <laughs> My favorite segment, It Needs to Be Said. Yeah, so going back, tying things back together. Like, we did a little we did a little moving like this, and we're going to tie back together to the title, which is it's not a conversation, it's a consultation. And how did this come up? Well, as non-corporate girls, we find ourselves constantly being in rooms with people who we consider our peers, and we're constantly coming up with great ideas, giving great advice and great feedback, but um, kind of giving it away for free, kind of still not being part of those conversations where there's a partnership aligned or there's, um, you know, any type of anything coming with it. And it just feels like we're just out here giving this away. And that's just non-corporate girls. Then we think about individuals as myself and Delilah, who are two experts in what we do. Mm-hmm. And constantly even with looking for clientele and like running our own um freelance consulting businesses still feeling like we've had those moments where we're just giving out all this free advice and not really charging our worth right absolutely and i was going to well i was telling yana that you know sometimes when you get so excited when somebody approaches you right because i think i don't take it lightly that somebody comes to me for for the things that I know, right? Because they thought of me. They could have gone to anyone, but they thought of me. But also there's a fine line when I need to treat what I know as like my intellectual property as it is and not just be so free giving of it because I have over the years mastered everything I know. And so like, yeah, I can give some insight here and there, but I think at this point, I literally have like consultation rates. And so you bypassing that is sort of kind of like a disrespect in a sense of you're not taking my craft and talent, you know, seriously or as serious. Right. And that goes back to what we were talking about off the record with Lovey J, the fact that this lady reached out to her and not thinking that like there was a process to kind of book her. You know, right. it's just, it's like this is even though craft. earned media, there's still a process in earned media where the dollar amount is not being exchanged. The exchange of my time still is at value, and that matters just as much. And you know what? It took me, and I know you too, but not to speak for you, but it took me a really long time to like get there to understand what you just said. Like my time is money, right? And I'm I'm like me just give having these conversations and just giving away all these things. 
I'm like, what am I getting in return outside of the fact that, yeah, I got to help you and that feels good to help someone, but what, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. And no, I mean, it hasn't been easy either. And that's where like the imposter syndrome comes in. That's where like certain things of like, um, I don't want to come off as like a bitch, but it's like, I'm not in this business to be liked. Like I am a professional. Um, the way you handle any other part of your business transactions, whether it's buying a pair of sneakers or doing this, you pay before you get the product. And I'm glad you said that because what really helped my shift, because I'm not in full transparency, like that mindset for me honestly didn't start happening until last year and mid last year, not even the beginning of last year. But what really helped me change, shift my mindset outside of my therapist who gets really annoyed that I do things like this. But um, <laughs> she's always telling me. Um, she And she also recommended to me the book, The Law of Divine Compensation by Marianne Wilkinson. And when I read that book, it just helped me see things a whole lot differently. And granted, I know what y'all saying. You you just realized this. Why you didn't? You know, all of that. But like going back to what you said, really, when you have that feeling of like, you know, you're an expert, but you still have that imposter syndrome or feel like, what value can I bring? It's mm. easy for you to just kind of like just say things that you feel like, oh, only because this person reaching out to me, maybe they'll benefit. But I don't know how to really package that or how do I really sell this for myself? And you know, that book helped me so much to the point where like, it's not even a question, not even right. a question. Don't come to me if mm -hmm. like, I'm not giving away anything for free. Absolutely. It, it's not a conversation. It's a consultation. I, like, like I, you gotta, like, that's coin that. It's just great. So here's our question. Here's our question. Um, discuss a moment when you realized a, converse, a conversation needed to be a consultation and what did you learn from that experience? Yes. So um, for me, it was just like when the, per like I said, in the beginning, when you, when the conversation is starting, you're not thinking of like, it's just happening right. naturally. Right. And I just think when there's follow-ups and follow-ups to the follow-ups and people are still probing, then, you know, wait a minute. It's like more than you just trying to find out like a surface level thing. Like this is something that's more particular to your needs. It's not general anymore. And I think when you start, when you are able to assess how that sounds like, then you could put a pause on it and be like, actually, I would love to continue this. And I think I can be of service to you, but just can you schedule? I have the link in my bio. Or I'll follow up with a quick email and send you my link and my rates and have a few services that I offer, see what benefits you, where you're at in your business right now. So it's just like literally training people and redirecting them and redirecting the conversation. And I feel like if they truly respect what you know and what you do, they will follow up. And if they don't, you don't need that business. And in this, I was going to say the power of choice really makes a difference because I feel that part of the growth and understanding when something is a consultation and not a conversation is when you're not coming from a place of lack and you feel you need to take all these situations and, um, oh, I'm, I'm using it as um, practice. Like you kind of convince yourself out of what you worth. Right. And it was like, no. I'm really. like, 
speak speak on that. I'm like, it's the quality of it all, right? Like, what mm-hmm. type of quality clientele are you looking for? Are you looking for people to value what you're bringing to the table? And I'm telling you that book. And I'm not a I'm not a fan of Marianne Wilkinson. Like, she's not my cup of tea at all. But there was some really good points in the book that really helped me to outline that. And I I agree 100 percent with what you said because I think for me I started shifting the conversations a lot. Mm-hmm. So whenever like you know you can outreach, we can have a quick chat about like maybe you have a question on this or you want to know more about something I'm doing. But then if it starts to get to a point where you're like, okay, well, I have this for my business and I need to do X, Y, Z. My response is always like, that sounds great. It sounds like this is what you're looking for. Here's the link, like you said, to my bio. This is this is everything. We can jump on a call and discuss this further. And I've, I've been training myself to do that and making it like a second nature thing. And that's what has helped me because it takes away the whole uh, you know, let's just see what this could be, or I just want to pick your right. brain. Like, mm. none of those. No. We're not having the meeting for the meeting, and we're not like beating around the bush. This is direct, straightforward. It is what it is. You ready or you not? Like, again, we respect people and what they contribute, so we're not gonna go and and this is another thing, uh, like feedback. People just put your prices up. There should be no reason for me to contact you asking you about your prices. Like, I think for me that that makes me no longer want to be a customer because everything I need for me to follow through, all that information should be available to me. It's like, why are you giving me an extra step to find out this and the other when I can simply see if you cater to, you know, whatever needs I have and could fulfill that. And I can follow through. Plus, I think it takes away from the opportunity of you making another sale. See, I I hear you. But I think it depends on the vendor. I think it depends on the, the type of service. Because I think that there are some things that don't really warrant pricing. I think you should definitely talk to someone about that. Especially mm-hmm. people have different tiers of packages and things like that. But then I think that there are things that are really straightforward that you can like have some pricing up or at least a starting base to kind of get to your point. But I do feel you because then there are some people where they don't have anything up and it just makes me question them altogether. So I think it depends. No, no, that's a good call out. I mean, I think the people I was speaking about, it was not even service based. It's more like product based. And so it's like, if I'm interested in what your product like why is- Why wouldn't you have the pricing? Right. Does it change month to month? Like, I just don't understand why all now of Now that's people. questionable. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they need some marketing help to understand what the user experience is supposed to be like. Yes. Yes, user experience. <laughs> Not to plug us in or anything. <laughs> but- plug plug uh, so <laughs> so we we want to throw the question out to you guys per the norm can you share with us whether it be on ig or anything like that share with us a conversation that needed a consultation and what was an experience you learned you know we're always looking to see what you guys are saying on social so let us know this is a this is an ongoing conversation because we're constantly being met with people who are not valuing our worth and we're having to like Delilah said make these choices on the type of clientele clientele we want. Yes, absolutely. So make sure that you're just being conscious and the same respect you want that you follow through on someone else's expertise the same way because like we're all trying to support one another. So let's do so accordingly. Facts. 
And if you have any questions about what that looks like, feel free to reach out to your girls because we are good for giving someone some structure around how to properly outreach to someone. Yes, I love that. So holla at your girls. Well, it's been great. And on that note, we are so out. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Non-Corporate Girls Podcast. We're headed back into our 9 to 5s tomorrow, but don't forget you're 5 to 9. I'm Delilah, and you can follow me at Miss Delilah C. And I'm Ayana. Follow me at the underscore Aya underscore brand. Don't forget to follow the podcast at Non-Corporate Girls on your favorite streaming platform and sign up to our newsletter to stay in the know. Until next time.